0: Business, leadership, high performance, the journey. All right. Hey, welcome everybody to the show today and uh, very excited. Uh, Fantastic episode coming at you today uh, with a good friend here. So my guest today, uh, who's right in studio with us, actually, uh, is originally from Billings, Montana, and... He has a hell of a story around just career transitioning and and really focusing on finding a role that is natural for one's personality type. So after spending five years uh, active duty in the U.S. Navy and Marine Corps, uh, he went back to school for uh, physician assistant school. He then spent 12 years working as a PA in cardiothoracic surgery at Sanford, which is one of the biggest medical organizations in the nation. And from there, though, he took a huge leap in starting his own real estate company and brokerage, Flom Property Group, uh, in 2013 in Fargo here. So, uh, eventually transitioning into real estate full-time. So, he now, and since his second year in business, also ranks in the top 1% of all real estate agents. So, my guest today in studio is Bo Flom. Welcome, Bo. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Appreciate absolutely. So, as, as Bo and I were talking downstairs before we hopped up here into the studio, I said, man, Bo, said, the first time I sat down with you at beans in West Fargo and you started telling me your story, I'm like, Oh my God, somebody has got to capture this. I mean, just a fantastic story. Like I said, just in the intro there around, man, anybody listening to this that has been thinking about, you know, my career maybe just isn't for me or, you know, I'm just not doing something that I really love or I'm not capitalizing on my talents. Uh, this is going to be absolutely the episode for you. So like I mentioned Bo went from man the military to medical to now realty, so I'm really curious to figure out uh, and to hear his side of how in the hell all these things are related or what's kind of the common thread between them because there always seems to be. But uh, we're also going to talk about just following the successful map that others have laid out. You know, not reinventing the wheel. If it, if, you know, if it is something career wise you're looking to transition or whatever it may be, but then also really getting into just narrowing into one's focus and really what's what you want as an individual and then just working hard to get there so i'm excited to to dive into that stuff with you today
1: thanks again for having me yeah absolutely
0: so start us back at the beginning um grew up in billings montana well
1: actually i grew up in a small town uh called chinook montana it's in the middle north uh northern part of montana it's a small town 1200 people And then I uh, moved to Billings uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. So even that transition was, I remember my family saying, well, now you're a big fish in a small pond. Now you're just a small fish in a bigger pond. Billings is a bigger school, equivalent to like Fargo. but I didn't seem to have any transition troubles there. So uh, people are people, and those are the things that you figure yeah. out, and either you rise above or you don't. Yeah, so, so true. Um, but from then, um, uh, you know, I, I knew I didn't want to go to college right away. I was tired of school. Uh, and I wanted to be in the military, so uh, that's where I went. I went into the Navy, and I wanted to be in the medical field. In high school, I uh, became president of the Medical Explorers Group, which was a a group uh, that we learned about all kinds of different subspecialties of medicine, Um, and so that's how I got into the Navy, and... uh, the Marine Corps is a division of the Navy, so uh, I was a combat medic with the Marine Corps uh, p- for part of the time that I was in active duty. So I want
0: to back up. You mentioned you you wanted to be in the military, because a lot of people, I think of a lot of students, you know, as a former educator, I saw a lot of students, too, that thought, eh, not really sure what I want to do. I'll just go into the military to figure it out. So what what was it that drew you actually— into the military, what was the interest there?
1: A big part of it was the adventure, you know, uh, adventure of leaving home and it, all these different experiences. The other was my family history. You know, my my father and my grandfather were both; they were in the army, and uh, for some reason, I, I decided the Navy was the right choice for me. Um, and took some harassment about that, but that was okay. (laughs) Uh, And it was. It was such an adventure. It was um, such a a defining transition. Um, I really changed how I performed. Um, I was an average student in high school and uh, graduated right in the middle of my high school class. But once I got in the military, I made a very conscious decision to be a top performer and and, and um, uh, was dedicated to that. So when I was in uh, my hospital corps school, um, I studied very diligently and was ranked in the top of the class. And then that continued on while I was taking college classes in the military and then then later on and undergraduate and then graduate school. Okay.
0: And I know, I know you're, uh, you're a guy that's big into, I mean, really pushing yourself. I mean, you're, you're a guy that works his ass off. I know yes. that. Um, how would, you know, what was it about the military that really, um, that really drove you to rise? You know, like you said, high school, you were kind of middle of the road kid, you know, kind of sick of school. What was it in the military maybe specifically that really brought that out in you that just achieve that more of that achiever type personality maybe?
1: I, I think a big part of it was opportunity. Yeah, there's a, a tremendous opportunity to um, be an achiever. Uh, there's a lot of discipline there, uh, but the biggest part is what coming from small town, wherever it is, you know, it could be anywhere, but uh, coming from a small town where there's limited opportunities, now you're meeting people from all around the country, and you find out that people are people. And um, uh, But the, the bigger part of it is the opportunities around you, and if you uh, stay focused and work hard and do the right things, then you're going to rise. So that's what I learned.
0: Yep. And I think that theme obviously has really played into what you do now with flaw and property group, which I'm jumping ahead to, but sure. you know, just the focus, the focus around people and just busting it. I mean, and just, I think you're a big servant leadership guy from what I can tell. I mean, from yeah, hundred percent.
1: It's about how do you, how do you get better? How do you challenge yourself? And, um, that was one of the transition times when it was time for me to get out of the military is that I started to lose that. And um, and I'm not saying it was the military's fault, but it was just, it, 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 for me, I felt that the challenge was starting to wane. And I was no longer excited about what I was doing. Therefore, it was time for me to find a new chapter. And that's when I decided to Get out. You know, I'd served my time, but I, it, at the beginning, um, I was really considering staying in for a full career because it was so challenging, and I, I loved loved it. Um, and I look back on it with great fondness because uh, it helped set the stage and helped me propel me forward. So, then it was getting out, and um, then going to school college. I went to uh, the University of Delaware. Um, my last duty station was in Philadelphia. And um, by then, I, I got accepted into uh, the Medical Scholars Program and the Honors Program at the University of Delaware. And that was to move forward into um, going to medical school at uh, Thomas Jefferson in uh, Philadelphia. So I um, Let's see. What else? Um, at some point, actually, it was, it was b- very much about personal decision. We are, um, my wife and I were about to have a baby, and uh, we really didn't like the East Coast, so it was time to come home, and, and that's why I went to PA school uh, back in Montana.
0: You know, it's funny because uh, when you mentioned the East Coast, I'm like, yeah, I can see a little bit, East, little bit of East Coast in you, Bo. I, yeah. I like your no bullshit type personality. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a super friendly guy, but there is that little bit of East. with, Like I said, I, I love that in people because I, I prefer that communication style. Just like, let's not sugarcoat things. Let's yeah, not just beat it the bush. Let's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> let's just get it done. Let's talk about what we got to talk about here. So, well, I, I think it's cool too, Bo, because... Uh, I want to back up on what you said about when you decided to leave the military, because I think there's a common theme that happens multiple times there of, you know, when you realize, eh, it's just, this isn't for me anymore, or this isn't going to take me where I want to get to anymore. Because like I said, that happens multiple times throughout your career. And I think so many people are so afraid to take that step, whether it's, some people are very afraid early in their career, but I think. More so people are afraid to do it early in that middle point. You know, you're in your thirties, you're in your younger forties, and it's like, you feel like you're getting established. And then ah, I just don't know if I can take a step I, back. I know
1: exactly okay. what you're talking about. And, and I, when I graduated PA school, I got recruited to work in orthopedic surgery in Billings. And they gave me a big sign on bonus and paid me really good money. And I was excited about that. Um, Yet, I was nine months into the job and I wasn't happy. And I'm thinking I spent too much time, energy to be doing a job that doesn't fulfill me. And so that's when I applied to uh, a surgical residency at Yale um, to kind of get out from under that. And uh, the uh, cardiac surgery surgery job in Fargo came up at the same time uh, they both kind of presented themselves I was seeking the Yale thing but this one just kind of fell in my lap and um, ultimately uh, had the opportunity to, to do either one um, but chose to come to Fargo and and work and uh, it, was a, it was a great decision uh, phenomenal um uh, hospital and staff and, uh, doctors, nurses, and I thoroughly enjoyed, uh, that time in my life. And again, it was 12 years that I, I did it. Um, yet I always wondered, you know, when is that other shoe going to drop and I'm no longer Mm -hmm. challenged or feel like I've kind of reached this point that, what's next.
0: Yep. Had you ever been to Fargo before that?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. So you were familiar, semi far
0: familiar with Fargo.
1: Yeah. I had, uh, relatives here okay. and, uh, um, so I, I was familiar with Fargo. Yeah.
0: So 12 years, but at any point over that 12 years, did you kind of wonder like, mm, when is this going to shift? When is the transition did, going to come? I
1: did, but I tried to keep it stuffed in, you know, underneath <laughs> the, <laughs> because, uh, I know my personality is if I really ask the question, it it changes and it plants a seed and then then it's don't get in, you know it's hard to stop it and I there was a very specific moment I was in an operating room and we were preparing for a case, and I asked myself, what's next and I even said it uh, this is a very dangerous question I'm asking and it was within within two years of that I was out.
0: Wow. Yep. What was the, what do you think was the biggest driver behind that
1: transition? Um, lack of forward movement. Okay. The uh, I've heard the definition of success is a feeling of progress, and I wasn't progressing. I was probably where I was going to be. Um, if I want to continue the career, I could find other little things to do. Um, but I was, uh, you know, performing the surgeries that I wanted to do. I was going around the country, training other PAs and physicians and different, uh, endoscopic surgical techniques. So it was, it was really cool. I really enjoyed what I was doing yet. I wasn't really moving forward anymore mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't quite know what the next step was.
0: Yep. How many people do you think that are listening to this right now are thinking, oh my God, that is exactly where I'm at. I feel like I'm not moving forward, mm-hmm. but they're sitting there hesitating. What would I do? How would I do that? I have I have a solid position. I have benefits. I have my retirement. I don't even know where I'd start.
1: Right. And and that's what everybody thought when when I, when I did make a decision, um, everybody thought I was crazy. They, I didn't have anybody who said, hey, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Leave cardiac surgery and go sell sell houses because <laughs> uh, anybody can go, you know, I mean, the threshold for entry into, the real estate game is very, very low. in In Fargo, there's almost a thousand real estate agents, mm-hmm. and in Fargo, there were three cardiac surgery PAs. Wow! So you're going from a thousand to th- from three to a thousand. So yeah. Um, and the washout right rate is very high, and all those different things very mm-hmm. much uncertain. You know, a lot of uncertainty.
0: Who was the first person that you told like, Hey, I am pretty sure I'm going to make this transition or maybe you had decided.
1: Well, the, a big part of it was, um, you know, I'd been involved in real estate, uh, since I was in the military. Um, I was big proponent of investment, investing, um, buying rental property and flips and things like that. Um, but it was always a side business for me. Um, I was never a fan of salespeople. Actually, I didn't like them at all. Uh, The first (laughs) uh, real estate agents that I worked with, I wasn't a fan of. Uh, And I met a gentleman um, through a referral. And um, it was the first time that I had a real estate agent who I knew was looking out for my best interest and not his own. And we later became very good friends. Um, and he was in the process of moving out of state. And I think that was the the catalyst to push me forward and say, hey, well, I can, I can do what you're doing. Um, I don't have to be pushy and sell people. I can... Be a consultant, more uh, more of a consultant role. You know, help people achieve their goals. It was like uh, I never sold anybody a surgery, but I discussed the options of what is in their best interest, and then they can make their own decisions. And that's the way I've approached real estate. Um, anytime you're trying to sell somebody something, um, they know it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want any part of it because I don't want to ever be sold. Anybody's trying to sell you something, there's probably something wrong with it. <laughs> That's the way I look at it anyway.
0: Yeah, that, the transactional uh, used car salesman yes, technique.
1: Correct. Yep. Okay, what, what kind of surgeries were you performing when you were PA? Well, it's cardiothoracic, which is mostly heart. So coronary artery bypass and valve replacements, those sort of things. A lot of lung surgery. Um, cancer, uh, tumor removals, and lobectomies, things like that.
0: Is that like riding a bike where you could dive in a day and yeah. operate right in there?
1: I'm sure I could do it, <laughs> uh, but uh, I wouldn't be real proficient at it. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> There's an old adage that says uh, if you're gone for a week um, from surgery, uh, you'll notice. If you're gone for two weeks, your partner will notice. If you're gone for three weeks, the patient will notice. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, you, you got to be uh, doing it all the time.
0: Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, obviously you had, you had an interest in real estate. You were developing that for a long time. I mean, along the way, where did you start then? I mean, once you made that decision and, uh, and decided to really transition from medical into, I mean, did you launch first as just an agent, or did you initially start your own brokerage right away, or what was kind of the first step you took? I
1: did, I did, I, and it was all in. Um, once I made the decision, first first step was to get my licensure. Uh, so I started to do that, and then uh, uh, as soon as I had my license, then I gave my notice at the hospital. Um, tradition is three months' notice, so they can try to find somebody to replace you. And uh, uh, that's when everybody thought I was absolutely crazy. Um, What was the best comment you got
0: along the way there? Or best discussion or conversation you maybe had with
1: somebody? uh, Oh, there's a lot of doubts. You know, everybody had their doubts, but I I was not wavering. So I made a decision, and it was like uh, Cortez burning the ships, you know. yeah, Uh, Move forward or never look back. Yeah, I had so many people say, wow, well, you know, you got, what do you got to, you got your, you got your other stuff to fall back on. And that wasn't even a thought, thought for me. Um, I did come back, uh, you know, I had kept my license for, uh, over a year. Um, mm-hmm. I went back and helped them out multiple times, twice, actually. Really? Um, and uh the second time I went back they had loaded up the schedule. The surgeon was holding all these surgeries until I came back. So <laughs> so <laughs> you walked we were, into a trap. Oh ball. yeah, it was it was something else. We <laughs> we were yeah, we had uh four to six surgeries every day, you know, we were working anywhere from twelve to twenty hours a day and uh, so I'm like, Well uh, yeah, I can't keep doing that and run a business too. So, um, but the day I, um, let my, uh, licensure lapse, it was at the end of the next year, um, was a surreal moment, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but it's moving forward. So,
0: yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll never forget that too. When I initially decided to leave teaching, same thing, you know, my renewal came up and I renewed, which was, I can't remember a couple more years or whatever it was. I was technically able to still teach, but I'm like, it's sitting there, but I'm, I'm, I refuse to use that. You know, it's an absolute last ditch effort, but I love the analogy of burn the ships because man, when you dive into something new, especially as a business owner, the more skewed focus you have, uh, the worse off you're going to be, you know, I love the phrase you said, all in, you know, you, you absolutely have to go all in like that.
1: Right. And I, and I hear people, you know, talking about real estate career of like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to start part-time. Well, you're, the likelihood of success is very, very low. Mm -hmm. Um, you really have to invest the time and, and it takes a long time to, to learn all the intricacies of that. And, so I, I treated it just like my job. you know I I got up at five o'clock any, every morning like I did before, and I would start working and um, I was the first one there and the last one to leave. And um, I knew that if uh, you know, through the the system of watching what others have done before me and and created this, Success uh, map. Um, the first thing you have to do is be a successful agent, and you have to produce, and so that's number one. And then you move forward from there to all the other steps. So it's not. I didn't create anything. I just followed the roadmap. Mm-hmm. And and in every business there is a roadmap. Yep. Um, unless you're Elon Musk or something like that. You know. <laughs> first
0: principle thinking. There, yeah. No I love I love how you bring that up because yeah I think I think some people get stuck in thinking like oh I got to do my own thing I got to figure this out myself you know when it's no look look at who's really really good at it and just imitate put your own style your own vibe to it maybe which which you're going to have to do but yeah don't reinvent the wheel man so how I'm curious to know, Bo, who, as you got started into real estate, did you have like a coach or a mentor or anybody that really kind of helped push you at the beginning? Because I think that's one of the hardest things when you start something new or when you launch into something, when you've taken a huge step like you had, you know, who, who are those outside influences that are really pushing you to elevate and, and keep you on track? Was sure. there
1: anybody there? Absolutely. You know, again, the friend who was already in real estate, he was, uh, you know, I bounced a lot of stuff off of him. Uh, he really encouraged me to do it. Um, I found a company, Keller Williams was the the company I started with. And, you know, they're a phenomenal real estate company. They have big training uh, events, and I went to almost all of them it was it was great uh i got to find other people who were very ambitious and uh i didn't i finally felt like i found a home too for people who are looking to push themselves to be successful and you don't have to you look around the country and then your pool is a lot bigger So uh, finding the people who are doing what you want to be doing at that stage of your career. Um, And that was absolutely critical. Uh, They really promoted coaching. Um, And at that point, I didn't want to coach for a year. I said, I'm going to do it. I'll I'll follow the rule book. I'll follow the road map but I'm going to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a year, then I will get a coach because that's what they tell me I'm supposed to do. And, uh, so I did and it wasn't the right fit. He was more of a cheerleader and I didn't need another cheerleader. I needed somebody to really, uh, put their boot in my butt, I guess. <laughs> it's, uh, how I like to say it. And, uh, And so anyway, I I told him exactly what I wanted, and and I ended up getting the right guy. And I've been coaching with him ever since. So he's out of Oklahoma. Okay. Phenomenal guy.
0: Awesome. Yeah. As fate would have it, I actually was in a conversation this morning where you got brought up by oh. a former connection, uh, Jeff Shipley. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sat down with him today. And I mentioned we were just talking about what's going on the rest of the day. I said, oh, actually, I have Bo Flom coming on the podcast. Oh, Bo, great guy. Great yeah. guy. So, yeah. Yeah. With KW. But yeah. Um, yeah. Kate, I love I love you mentioned KW. I mean, they like they claim they are not a real estate company. They are a training and development company. Yep, and I agree
1: with that 100 percent.
0: And it's amazing. Um, I wasn't exposed to it until the last couple of years of real est- high level real estate organizations don't don't coach you on real estate. They coach you on relationships and psychological techniques, and they coach you and they mentor you and they guide you in everything but real estate. It seems like you know. So it's a it's a super unique industry that I think a lot of people. Uh, don't realize they think it's you know it's about houses it's about selling it's about selling tactics and all that but anybody thinks about a fantastic real estate agent that they work with they're very very um, like you said they're not that transactional personality they're really looking out for your best interests at heart
1: and that's exactly it and now you know one one of the greatest compliments I ever received from a client was is like Boy, I've never had a real estate agent talk me out of buying so many houses. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, and my comment was, "Well, I want you to be happy and and go in with open eyes, and it's my job to show you all the potential pitfalls here too, um, not just try to sell you something." So, yeah, you
0: build so much trust and rapport with people like that where they'll be clients ears forever.
1: Well, now, you know, that was the biggest biggest transition coming from walking around a hospital with a white coat on where everybody automatically gives you um, their trust. Mm-hmm. They they look to you in a trusting manner. And in the real estate world, um, you're automatically untrustworthy. I mean, that's just by, by nature. Mm-hmm. And so you have to earn it. And uh, that's the challenge that we accept and, and uh, hopefully achieve.
0: Interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so started out, uh, you went all in. Did you start the
1: brokerage immediately? No, I, I was an independent agent. Okay. Um, fortunately... Um, I had uh, a friend of mine's wife. Uh, she, uh, she, she said, I want to come work for you as an as a administrative person. And I said, well, I got I to gotta sell a couple things before <laughs> I hire somebody. <laughs> so I automatically had the right person. And she was well, way overqualified for, for that position. Um, then I got a couple houses sold. And I figured out very quickly um, that there were things that I was good at and there were things that I wasn't good at. And the things that I wasn't good at um, took me three times as long and there was no production in it. Mm -hmm. So I hired her three months into the business.
0: Wow. So you you really went in there. I went in
1: quick. Yeah. So, um, and then she handled all the administrative stuff. Uh, so I could focus on um, production and what I was good at. So uh, we continued to move forward with that, and it's been um, it's been a very difficult thing to build a real estate team and then open a brokerage. Um, and it's all about people mm-hmm. and finding the right people and uh, not compromising on that.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I, yeah. I literally had this discussion uh, the other day with somebody about looking for skills versus looking for attributes, you know, because we were actually discussing the book, The Attributes by Rich Diveny, who's a former Navy SEAL. Okay. He's talking about skills versus attributes. You know, don't hire people based on skills. We can teach all those things. Right. Hire the right people that have that grit and determination and the you know, servant leadership style or whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever attributes it are, whatever attributes those are, hire around those things and teach, teach the skills. You can always
1: do that. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, one thing <laughs> I say a lot is, uh, you know, selling real estate isn't rocket science by any means. Um, there's contracts and understanding those things. But again, it... Um, that can all be learned. It's who are you? Do you fit? What is the culture mm-hmm. of the company and uh, do you belong there? And that's one of the things that we've um, been very dedicated to and uh, that's helped us be very successful. So we, you know, we we're, we're a small company this year we have four agents and I'm competing uh, two of my Good uh, friends have real estate teams and um, we're competing at a level where, where they have um, twice to three times as many people as we do. So, but our productivity is on par. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, we're about quality versus quantity. Yep. Speak to, speak to a little bit, Bo, as
0: far as, you know, some people, they start a brokerage, they want to pull out and be more of, you know, the visionary of a company, more of the oversight, you know, the direction. But you're kind of the opposite. You're kind of like, you like you like to stay right in the mix, I mean, as a high-level producer.
1: Yeah, and there there's different parts of that. And that's one of the things that I've learned in that process is, it, you know, as they talked about this roadmap was... The roadmap goes to the seventh level. The seventh level is basically you step out of the business and it operates on its own. Mm-hmm. So that's, I was following the map. But what I found out is that that isn't my happy place. Mm-hmm. Where, my ha- where my happy place is, is um, being in the production, being a go-to person and building opportunity for other people. Um, and that's, now I think I finally found that that magic spot. Um, and then we need to continue to hire other people to fill in all those other gaps. So um, I feel really proud and happy with where our company is right now.
0: Yep. Do you see yourself at some point stepping out into that just oversight role? Uh
1: the look yeah, on his at his face point, says no yeah, at, at some point <laughs> at some point there's going to be something else yep there's going to be something else i mean a big part of well my my next thing is um, really a focus on commercial real estate and we do maybe 5 to 10% of our productivity is in commercial and i don't know why but i've always had this Specific goal of once we hit a hundred million in production, um, then my focus is that's go- going to be that one of those tickers, you know, that click, and all of a sudden now you're in this different chapter. Um, and we should achieve that uh, next year. We're at 83 million this year with just four agents, and uh, wow, uh, so. Um, we got some new blood coming in, and uh, should be ad- able to achieve that goal this coming year, twenty twenty
0: two. Sweet. What what are what are the big uniques? I mean, what are the value propositions for Flom Property Group? I mean, what sets you apart from another real estate brokerage in the well, area? Our, bi-
1: our biggest thing, we we base it off of our you know our core values. Our core values are based on. Uh, they the bottom we build a pyramid like Lincioni does you know mm-hmm. the, the base is always the most important Trust communication, teamwork, hard work growth and fun so those are the our core values and they're non-negotiables and uh, so if there's a lack of trust between somebody on our team uh, we either f- fix the problem or we uh, they need to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're not a hard worker, they don't belong with us. If they're not a team, um, if they don't like teamwork, you know, it's all about one person and they don't belong. If they're not growth mindset, of a growth mindset, and that, that's in business and personal life, how do you grow and get better and better and better? and they don't belong um, and then we like to have fun too so uh, that's a big part of who we are and uh, um, it, it's great to be able to celebrate and have fun outside of work and get together and go bowling and go golfing and you know have barbecues and stuff like that and include um, all our teammates families and get to know them and and that's very, very rewarding. Yeah, I, lo- I love it how you base it around.
0: Exactly like
1: uh, Lencioni's
0: uh, five dysfunctions pyramid, everything yep. begins and ends with trust. Yes. And anytime you burn any of those upper levels, it always comes back to the very, very bottom again. Boom, 100%. the trust
1: is gone. And that's that's a big part of our, our interviewing process is a, is a very long one and very detailed. And it's painful for me because I'm very uh, impatient And I like to move fast, I know, (laughs) and it's hard to believe. Uh, Yet I know I'm dedicated to the process because it's very important. And those are are the things that come out. And um, I really challenge somebody to look inward and if they belong in this organization or not. And a lot of people will um, Mm self-deselect. So uh, they know if they don't belong. And uh, so, that's part of our process.
0: I love that because it's, it's. I talk with a lot of companies about effective marketing. Effective marketing should be dequalif or dequalifying 100%. just as much as qualifying. Absolutely. So I love how you take that approach to your interview process. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, if if they can see they are not going to be a fit, yep. yeah, don't waste your time with it. Nope, love it. Okay, so a question then, because um, this is one of the the coolest questions anyone has ever asked me personally, because I've taken, I mean, multiple steps kind of in my journey too, but what is the common thread through all of it from military, you know, selecting the military to a a long time medical career. I mean, a dozen years Mm -hmm. and then boom, realty, you know, what's what has been the common thread through all of it? What's the, the, why the
1: passion through all of it? Um, I think the biggest thing is uh challenge. That's that's what really drives me is the challenge. So um getting in uh, the military stuff was really fun and you know then there's special operations and all that stuff which I I wanted to do but my eyes uh eyesight I wasn't qualified for that. So, um, then you go into medicine and I said, well, what's the hardest thing to do? And that's cardiothoracic surgery. So that's where instinctively I <laughs> wanted to go. And, uh, so then I, I think that's the biggest part is just finding the challenge in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's the part that really drives me.
0: Love it. Yeah, Love it. So what's the next big thing for Flom Property Group? Obviously you said kind of moving into commercial space hopefully, but.
1: Yeah, we, you know, we, we've always had the four pieces that we wanna grow into. And one of those is the residential piece. Number two is commercial side. Number three is property management, which we have a small part of that. Um, a development where we're not going out to buy the dirt, but we're selling the dirt and um, uh, doing the lots and that sort of thing. And then new construction.
0: Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: So there's a lot there's a lot to do out there. That's, that's the thing is you have to be careful not to chase too many rabbits. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, you don't catch any. So you got to stay focused on one thing before you start transitioning to the next
0: you're definitely taking steps toward the uh, real estate related flywheel. Yes. You know, cause once you get that baby going with the development piece and the uh, brokerage piece and then the management piece, I mean, man, it just feeds itself, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. It's fun. And, it, and the biggest part is how do you, um, the, the thing that really drives me is watching other people succeed, creating a platform, for them to succeed. And that, that gives me a tremendous amount of energy. Um, It's not about like you're doing, you know, you're creating success for other people. That's not the case. It's just a platform Mm -hmm. for them to be successful. Um, So that gives me a tremendous amount of joy.
0: Love it. Cool. Well, where can our listeners uh, find and follow you and or uh, a property group?
1: Yeah, we're well, our, our office is uh, right on the corner of I 94 and 42nd Street. Um, we're in a three story building there. And then uh, fargohome.com is our website. So you can find us there.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, boy, I appreciate you coming on. Um, the one quote I really, really uh, appreciated in this one was uh, success is a feeling of progress. Yep. And I think that really summarizes kind of all the steps that you have taken. You know, we're either as individuals, we're either green and growing or ripe and rotting. Yep. 100%. <laughs> Sweet. Well, uh, thanks again, both for hopping on here. Uh, all the listeners, uh, anybody that listened to this episode, that man has been thinking about uh, changing careers, taking a different step, moving in a different direction. Um, some fantastic nuggets in here to, to apply in your own situation. So... Uh, with that, don't forget to follow me on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook. You can search out Patrick Metzger Coaching. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to rate the podcast uh, show notes uh, for today's episode with Bo. Uh, you'll find at Patrick-Metzger.com on the podcast page. We'll link Flom Property Group as well as uh, some other items he referenced below there. But uh, until next time, everybody, I want to remind you to own you and the journey.